Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. What it was, they had the, um, one of the lanes was shut down. And I was headed from my apartment to do some things. It was early Sunday morning. New Hampshire Avenue and Piney Piney Branch Branch Road. Road. And she and her sister were coming down the hill and they needed to get over. So I stopped and I allowed them to go past me. So I made a mental note. Okay, two females, rollers in their head, kind of cute, early in the morning. <laughs> Went on about my business. It was about 7 o'clock in the morning. It was early. We had so, spent the night at a friend's house in Silver Spring, and we needed to get back. And so we still had rollers in our hair, and my sister and I, and we actually lived, um, we sublet an apartment off of um, at, uh, Presidential um, Presidential Towers um, at uh, New Hampshire Avenue and Piney Branch Road and uh Metzorot Road. We were, um, it was our summer. We just finished the, the semester at, we went to University of Maryland College Park. So we had sublet this apartment. So anyway, so we were coming back from his friend's house who we stayed in Silver Spring. And so then we were, like I said, we weren't prepared. We didn't think we were gonna see anybody. And we were at this traffic light and he let us go by. And we're like, okay, fine, you know. So now, several days later, I stopped at the highs and they happened to be in the Safeway. So as they came out and came across the lot and they were putting their stuff in the car, I walked over and introduced myself. And what were the infamous words? No, 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 no. We finished with the grocery store and, and we they, came around uh, the corner. So okay. we'd already had everything in the car. Right. And we got out of the car and we were at we were at the highs. And so remember, I didn't talk. So my sister, she always, she's like him. She talks, you know, she's, she's 16 months older than I am. And so he, he gets out and he says, uh, hi, you know, cause he recognizes the car. And so then he says, his, it was that day. yeah, I said, can I interest you ladies in some ice cream? My sister-in-law said, she's my sister-in-law now. She said, I ain't never heard no cornball stuff like that in my life. <laughs> well, as they say, everybody's got to bring something different, a different perspective. So we talked. Now her sister was the talker. I had no interest in somebody who talked about more than me. 45 minutes. He's talking, she's talking. I'm standing on the other side of the car and just listening or whatever. And I don't even know if you even asked me any questions. No, I didn't. Or did I no, even say anything? You I don't didn't. Even know. Her whole thing was the stuff's starting to melt. We need to go. Oh, so put the stuff we, away. We exchanged numbers. She yeah. gave him the number, right? Yes, we exchanged numbers. <laughs> I waited a couple of days and I called. Then what happened? So he calls and then I'm like, well, why is he calling me? He was talking to you. And she said, I don't know. He's on the phone and he wants to talk to you. And so anyway, then he, he uh, we started talking and then he, he invited me out to go to the movies. And what was the name of the first movie? <laughs> It was a metaphor. <laughs> and what was that movie? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> well, she 
laughs. laughs. Her dad worked at the um, at the mental hospital. Her aunt worked there. Her cousin worked there. So what does that have to do with the price of eggs? Our first date. Our first movie. <laughs> so anyway, we went out to the movies that night. That was like, what was it, a Thursday night? Sure was. And then the next night, we went out to the movies again. I think we went out dinner. We and went out to dinner. Dinner. And, and I think and another movie. movie. Then Saturday, he asked me to go water skiing with him. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I grew up down here in the water, but I really didn't like the water skiing. So I was like, okay, I'll go with you and I'll, you know, I'll watch you water skiing or whatever. So we go with this couple and he introduced himself as James. You okay? don't have to go through all of that. Just keep going. So we go through this couple. No, I'm going to say that. And he introduces himself, like I said, is, is to me as James and this couple, and they're calling him Beanie. And I'm saying... Why are you calling? And he's out water skiing and stuff. And I'm, you know, on the beach with her. And I'm like, why are you calling him that? And she said, well, that's the only name I know. That's that's the name I know. Uh, his, that's his name. And I'm like, okay. So then we, he got back in. I'm like, um, why did they call you Beanie? He said, well, that's my nickname. I said, oh, well, you introduced yourself as James. So after we went out water skiing, he went water skiing or whatever, he took me to his parents' house. His parents at that time lived in Jessup. And um, we had gone there for dinner. And so we had dinner, and from that he did say that his father, he brought many girls home, and his father used to say, you, you can, don't, don't bring that one back. But he told, his, his father told him, he said, oh yeah, he said, I like her, he said, bring her back, you know. So anyway, so we had dinner, met his parents, and his sister, the youngest one, and Larice. Then we started from that point, but that was three days, movie, movie, and then water skiing, and then I think um, next week or something, we went out and just kept going out. And he whined and dined me. I was a, po a, a poor college student. And he whined and dined me and I had a good time going out because that's what he did. He worked, he was in an apprenticeship program. So just like I was in college, he was in his four year apprenticeship program. So he actually worked during the day. So he had money. And so we went out and enjoyed. Ooh, that, wasn't, that, wasn't <laughs> nice. that wasn't nice to say. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so we dated for but we actually dated for four years. He listened to what I had to say. Um, whatever I wanted to do, he was like, okay, well, let's go do this. And then he was really creative too. Like, well, okay, well, do you want to go here? Or, you, you know, I think we took a trip one go, time. We used to go horseback riding on Sundays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just different things that maybe I hadn't been exposed to or I hadn't actually done. Um, we would take road trips, go to Atlanta, go, I don't know, the Ocean City, where Well, else? you know, you have to understand, too, uh, 40 years ago, the variety wasn't as it is today. It wasn't as prevalent. And I was a big roller coaster freak. So when they opened up the Loch Ness Monster oh, yeah, yeah. here at Bush Gardens mm -hmm. back in 78. No, that was, uh, that wasn't. 78, I was number, I was number 900 to get on that. Okay, was that Kings of no. I said Bush Gardens. Oh, Bush Gardens. No, it wasn't. Bush Gardens. Well, we went to all the different parks. Now, I didn't Bush do roller Gardens. coasters, okay? Because I think I got... I got a $90 speeding ticket. It was Bush Gardens. Okay. And the police officer wanted me to know that he was contemplating doing more than write me a ticket. But anyway, <laughs> moving right on along. And, you know, we did Hershey Park, and then they had uh, King's Dominion. They mm -hmm. had uh, just opened that up. Uh, it used to be Lion Country Safari back in. I never proposed. 
she tells me, and, and I'm going to tell this story. We used to go to either her parents' house or my parents' house for Sunday dinner. So her sister had gotten married November 79. So, and she's talking with my mother. You know, we used to go have dinner and we'd watch the Muppets in 60 Minutes and all this stuff. And dad comes in the family room and says, hey, man, he said, you know, uh, she and they're talking to your mama about uh, getting uh, the invitations and announcements. He said, I didn't know you was getting married. I said, oh, man, she's just talking. He said, okay. A few weeks went by. Hey, man, I think you're doing more than talking. Your mama ordered the invitations. She's going to pick them up. Now, at this point in time, we had been together for four years, had dated for four years. And she asked. No, no. And you would have married me three years prior to that. And that's what you said. But But that wasn't the question. Okay, but okay. But for me, I was not doing anything until I finished College Park, until I finished college. And so I did it in three and a half years and I finished in August of 79. So then from that point, I was free to think about wedding and all this other stuff. And, you know, we are going down. We were going down 95 talking about it. And we were looking at looking at dates and stuff like that as far as, you know, because we've been da- we've been go- together for so long. Um, that we were looking at dates and stuff, and then we decided June something or another in nineteen in, in the eighty, and this was seventy nine, and so then of course we got to his parents' house or whatever. So yes, yeah, true, there possibly was not a formal proposal, but we had discussed it. That was one of those conversations that we had, and he was in total agreement. Talk about it. a lot. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to play Tommy, that off? Tommy will so find out that come say, talk will get you in trouble too, brother. <laughs> so people will say to him, "Oh, he'll say I never did propose," and I was like, "No, yeah, you really did." As we talked about it, you know, as far as when we're going to get married and stuff, but we weren't doing anything before. Like I said, I finished college and stuff, and then he, and he knew that. So and then from that point, that's when we actually planned the wedding. And so for my parents. It, my sister had, got, had gotten married six months before me. So now here it is. But we had started planning it way before she jumped up. And so now my parents are dealing with two weddings less than six months apart from each other. So we, I kind of had to do a lot of things that, you know, make this, do that or whatever that, you know, kind of conserve on the, the money wise. So tell her, tell her how, how was your feeling totally? Yeah, because you're making it sound like it was a one-way thing. How, how you are you? You know what? It's the first opportunity that I've had to, to do this. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. He was smitten from day one when he met me. So what can you say? And you know it. <laughs> you're so full of yourself, That's right. You? That's right. Because actually, while at the time we were dating, it was one time I, I was like, okay, I'm done with you. It's just infatuation. I really don't know what true love is because I've never really had a, a boyfriend. And so, you know, I'm just kind of done with you. He wouldn't let me, he wouldn't leave me alone. He wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't, he kept calling me. It just. That was the investment I thought, look, I want a return <laughs> on investment. Let's, let's, let's be real about this. <laughs> so, yeah, so no, we, you know, once we kind of, started dating and like I said I liked who he was and you know he kept me laughing and that's what he does too he says all kinds of things that keeps you laughing but again you'll find in any relationship you have to have common ground along with the continuity and I have seen 
relationships where you would think that they didn't like each other at all. And you say, wow, I mean, y'all call that love? Ain't nobody talking about love. I mean, we just we just like each other. I said, okay, that wasn't long. And then I've seen situations, and I always used to be, uh, let's say, a little envious of uh, her sister, sister situation. We'd all go somewhere together. First thing she would do, she would make her husband's plate this and that. I didn't make my plate. I didn't eat. She said, oh, man, you know, my stuff was real good. Didn't you get something? No, I thought you was coming. Ah, you fooled yourself. But as they tell me, you finish how you start out. And we started out, I guess I was doing my best to impress. Mm. And what was it that we, what was it that we talked about? Everything was 50-50. Ain't nothing 50-50. That's a lie. Don't believe that. No, it's either 51, 49, whatever. That 50-50, I hadn't seen it. Yeah, well, that's how we started off. Everything is 50-50. I'm as equal to you as you are to me. And there's no, you're, you know, I guess because just seeing his parents' relationship, my parents' relationship, and it was like the the dominance there, it was just like. There wasn't no dominance. My parents were, well, my father In passed. that age they, they, they were married 64 years. Yeah. I never heard them argue in my lifetime. Didn't even raise a voice. The cloth that they were woven from in the era that they came out of, it was very difficult for people of color, first off, period. And to show any discourse in front of anyone was an absolute no-no. She and I, we'd be going at it, winging it like cats and dogs. I mean, Would you stop? We, I'm just out. Don't and pinch me. Damn. <laughs> but his parents also, his father was an officer, you know, too. And so, a gentleman. Right. So it was that, you know, that was just one of those things that you did not do that out there, you know, in the public or whatever. And so, and that was one of the things that was like, okay, th- that's what I want too. I, don't, I want you to respect me. I don't want you be, to be embarrassed out there. I don't, I, in public, I don't, I don't want to be you know, where you're causing a scene because that totally, being quiet, I was like, that totally would just do me in. Again, in developing a friendship and a relationship, every every day is different. And the best you can do is hope to understand the friend that you have. And then it's all about tolerance also. Because what you are doing is you're melting two different worlds together because of upbringing Mm -hmm. just like you and tommy you all come from two different worlds and what you're used to he might find foreign and that's just like with her her thing is christmas i mean she goes out oh geez she's getting ready to start shopping tomorrow for christmas this and that now me our family we waited for the tree lot to shut down the 24th (laughs) you know go get our free tree Run home, stick in the holder, throw the stuff on it, throw a few gifts, go to bed. Her? My father loved Christmas and all the how actually Easter. He was the Easter bunny. You know, you see the this, you know, the footprints on the floor. You know, that's how we were raised. So he loved the holidays and stuff. So for me, it's a big deal. And he's like, you know, so then he's like, I hate Christmas because you spend oh, money man, and you gosh. put up the decorations. And so inside and out. I put up decorations. I'm talking about the 
everything, the lights, it, you know, he occasionally will do the lights at the top of the house or whatever. But for the most part, any kind of scenery, anything, any trees outside, I, I usually have like trees in every room, like small trees, big trees. So I'm putting those up. So Me Christmas is totally on me. And it's, you know, and sometimes it gets very overwhelming and it's like, I'm sorry that you don't, you know, you don't enjoy the holiday like that, but we grew up, we enjoyed Christmas, you know, so. But as far as, like I said, us being joining together and all of that, learning what each other likes and everything, the bottom line is you keep me as an equal with you. And that's how we started off. When we were dating, he would give the money to his sister and his sister would go buy me a gift, you know, like an outfit or whatever. And he, you know, and then I just remember the first year we were down in Houston and I was pregnant with Asia, the oldest, and um, he waits till Christmas Eve and he goes. What man doesn't? He goes to the drugstore. Only thing buys, open. He buys, <laughs> he buys me a backgammon game. He buys. That me, was a rave. He bought me like two other things or whatever. I never played backgammon in my life. You didn't want to learn. He was like, "You take that back." And it was like, I can't believe this is what you bought me. But you waited till you go to the drugstore and buy me my, you know, and we're away from home. And you know what I mean? And like, thanks a lot. You know what I mean? If I were home, it was, you know, every, the family was all around and all this other stuff. But here we are, Houston. We had friends, but we didn't have family. And I was like, you go to the drugstore and buy me gifts. Didn't last long me at all. I mean, because I, I just don't do take it. it take it back. I'm not satisfied with that. I I, 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 I don't care for anything that you bought. Right. And then he went back. He went to the store and got me something or whatever. And I think what was the next year was because uh, we were, we were in Houston, and so for me that was a sad time if I wasn't able to come home because everybody was here and holiday was such a big time for me. And uh, in Houston, it was just like people walking around in their shorts. It didn't even seem like it was Christmas, you know. And I just remember when Asia was a baby, and I just thought that, um, I just remember just, you know, I wanted to be home, you know, so anyway. If this is your passion, have at it. And I do. But again, when you want to involve me, there's a, there's a limit. Now, some of the, some of the stuff, sweetheart, we have a house of Christmas. I could take you to the pool house, Loaded with Christmas. You can't get my garage loaded with Christmas. I have containers and containers of Christmas decorations and stuff like that or whatever. But what? but that's just not your thing. Oh well. But that is mine. But he allows me to he allows me or I allow myself to continue doing those things. Yeah, some things are beyond your control. And for the most part, with our relationship, I work, he works. So the bottom line is if there are things that I like then I'm going to indulge myself in those. And if you don't think I should have those, oh well, because I work too, you know? And we have, as a, as when we say 50-50 relationship, pretty much throughout the whole time, he worked, I worked. And we're having all the kids, like at one point, you know, Asia, and then I had the twins. And, you know, I took six months off, came here, because my mom was a teacher. She was, you know, uh, off in the summer. And then I went back to Houston and continued working. But for the most part, the whole time that we had the kids as being small, little, I work, I work just like he did. What we did different was, and people were like, oh, how did you do that? It was actually cheaper for us to bring a live-in to live with us at, for childcare than it was to take them out. I mean, there were times, I think I remember having to get to work and getting three, two babies plus a small one, you know, two out to get ready for me to go to work, 
that was a lot. So we found it was actually cheaper. So when we moved here in Maryland too, we also um, found a, uh, a live-in. She was from Trinidad and actually we sponsored her for green card and all this other stuff. But um, for us, it was, it was good to have people come in and to watch our children, then to take them out to daycare and all that other stuff. And you know, they got excellent care and all that other kind of stuff. But these were things that kind of helped me continue on in my career. And he never stopped me from doing that. Like his mom, didn't really work the whole time that they were growing up. Cause different era. Different era, right. They didn't have to. Yeah. My mom was a teacher. She did work, and my dad did too. But um, for us, it was like, okay, well, there's no other choice. I mean, we're going to keep on going, you know, and just work and do what we have to do. So that's what we did. By all means, please do. Well, for me, the whole time, that, that particular time, I had a lot of time off because I had st I finished college. I had started a job, and then I actually had this supervisor that was just really crazy, and it was just like, okay, I'm gonna leave that job. So anyway, we decided um, we were going to get married. Well, we were gonna get married, so I was actually off, so I could do a lot of things, and you know, I was I'm creative. And plan her wedding. Plan and make That's what this, she did. do that, whatever. And um, so that day, uh, you know, his mom had it. It was actually their community center in their in their neighborhood in Columbia and uh, she had the, you know, the rehearsal dinner all set up and all this other stuff. And as far as I knew, he was coming to the rehearsal, but he didn't show up. And we- Friday the 13th. We continued with the rehearsal- Without me. Without him. And, and we, I couldn't understand why he didn't show up because now Friday we, the 13th. we dated for four years, pretty much. And now the day of the rehearsal, you're not here. Oh, you had something so like, to think okay, about, he did must you not? Have a really, really, really good excuse oh. why he's not here. And then at the, then he came to the rehearsal dinner, uh, which is at the community center with his mom, uh, his parents' house, and uh, we uh, had a good. Uh, we had a jolly good time. Right, but I said to him on the side, "Okay, we're gonna have to talk about this." because I'm not understanding. I'm here now. Yeah, and that's what he said, I'm here now. Well, he had a funky good time with his boys, okay? And so... Uh, I didn't need to practice, I do. Those are the only two words that I spoke. he knew everything. You know, he's one of these, I know it all, I know know everything kind of thing. And I let him do that, you know? I let him say a lot of times. Oh, he knows this. Okay, yeah, I have experience on that. Because a lot of things I don't know. So it's like, all right, go What is there that I do? And then, and then during the, the wedding, is telling you how to do it. During the ceremony, she's standing there laughing. I'm looking at him, and I'm just laughing, quietly laughing at him, because I'm—he's just looking so. My life is flashing like whoop. No, it wasn't. He was looking. <laughs> you don't know what was really, running really through really my nervous, mind. And he was sweating and stuff, but I think it was an after effect of from his Friday. Hanging the out 13th? With the fellas. <laughs> so I'm sitting there just laughing at him because he's looking at him like, okay. wow, you really, uh. But it was a good day. You're really sweating. It was 92 degrees. Yeah, it was very hot. Yeah. And, well, and we had a whole, with that, one of his brother forgets his pants, and they're, the tux pants. And they're at a neighbor's house. They all got dressed in a neighbor's house around the corner from here. And so. The priest is actually on us and he's saying- Because there was another wedding. There's another wedding and you need to hurry up and we need to hurry up and get this going. And I'm like, but we're waiting for the pants. So my uh, class classmate 
his son was our actual ring bearer and he was there and he had on black pants. He took his pants off and gave his brother his black pants and put his pants on and we were able to start the wedding. In the meantime, after that, the pants did finally come, but they were not the pants that his brother went down the aisle with. They were my, yeah, nobody knew my the classmates' difference. pants. So this day that's supposed to be like one of the best days of your life, how were you feeling? Like I went into it like, as they say, and you read it all the time, no matter how much you plan, there's always gonna be something that's gonna go wrong. So my mind thought was, there's gonna be something that's gonna go wrong, okay? So I was already sort of prepared. So I, I was okay. It was just that priest was just like, you know, we've gotta get going. And I'm like, it's gonna be okay. We're, we're gonna do it. But I mean with him. Him? I feel like he keeps you on your toes. And that particular event was no different. So was it like, you're just blocking out the, the rehearsal? event and just right because we have to move on and we're moving on to the wedding day and then now we got the pants situation going on but i will say but in like i said in my mind i knew there was something there's you know there's probably they say that you're not supposed to see the bride prior to the the ceremony i never understood what the deal was with that i'm in a rectory who comes popping through the door and she cut her hair <laughs> that's all i see was my hair, I, you know, I had, uh, as, as my girls say, big hair, and I had curls and long, and, and so I, I, get, I got it trimmed. And she cut her hair. Four years, she never <coughs> had me. her hair cut. Now, Alvin Bunn trimmed your locks one time. <laughs> it was a hairdresser. And she saved them. There ain't one of those men. <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, I cut my hair and, but it was, it was only trimmed or whatever. And then of course put my veil on and all that other stuff. So after the pan situation, after the pan situation, we were fine. And then we left the church and got in the Corvette and had pictures of us driving on off and uh, went to the rehearsal, which was at the um, officer's club or enlisted men's club yeah, on the North Naval 7, Station. The Naval Station. And we actually had like, what did we have, 250 people? Something Somewhere. like that. It was a big, very big wedding. And um, had a good time. And we everything went well with that. Ate, drank, and was married. Mm -hmm. Had a good time. And then uh, we, um, I was going to start a new job on that Monday. And we got married that, you know, that Saturday, June 14th, Flag Day. And um, so we really couldn't go away to a honeymoon or anything like that. So we- um, We drove to Ocean City. City. But we didn't get all the way to Ocean City because we were tired. So we checked into a hotel and then um, we, because that didn't really mean much to us. It's like going to Ocean City or whatever. And then we were like, okay. We're, we just decided we were going to come back. And Sunday was a big day to either be at his parents or my parents. But mainly, you know, we do a lot. Of, people come over to his parents' house and stuff. So we bought a bushel of crabs. And we brought them back to his parents' house and we all sat around and ate crabs. Okay. So we really- we went to work Monday morning. Yeah, we went to work Monday morning. And then, but what I can say is our, our theme song was um, Smokey Robinson's Cruising. And we have been cruising ever since because from that, uh, we have taken cruises, trips, flying here, flying there, going all over the place. So we haven't really missed a honeymoon because we made up for that all these years that we've just been going. And that's even before I got this job with United, but um, we, we, we enjoy 
going places and doing things. And when we go on vacation, we don't just sit around. We just explore wherever we are, you know, so. Well, you know, just as you will see as time goes on, you have collective groups of friends that have a tendency of getting married around the same time. And you were talking about your good friend that's been married for a little while. At that particular time in our lives, there were probably about eight to 10 couples that had gotten married within a 14 month period. At this particular point, I don't think there were two couples still married. That's us and- Your brother-in-law and, brother and sister. Yeah. yeah. And they haven't lived together in five years. They're actually separated, but they're not uh, divorced. divorced. But truly, we're probably the only one that's probably still together and married. Um, because I-, I We and, work and, hard at it. Yes. And, and uh, uh, marriage is, is working hard at your relationship and you can't, you know, back down. There is and no say, autopilot. Right. You have to really, you have to communicate and not tell everybody, a young couple when they're married or whatever. The biggest part of a relationship is communication. And like I said, if that breaks down, then you don't have a relationship. You don't, you don't have communication. You just, you're done, you know, because you have to be able to talk to each other. Now, sometimes we go to bed and we're pissed off and all this other stuff, but eventually, you know, next day or whatever, and I'll tell him, now this is why that upset me. Or, you know, and he'll tell me what happened and, you know, why this, he, the, he felt the way he did. And I'll tell him how I felt the way I did, you know, in, in that scenario, whatever. But we always work it out. And we also said with the kids, when we started having children too, that we would not have the children play each other. We stood together. So any decisions we made with the children, it was, they had to abide by that. They couldn't come to him and say, hey, dad, what do you think about that? Can I do this? Mm -mm. No, if I already said whatever, he says, okay, know what your mom said. So that was, that, that too, we stood together as far as our children, raising our children too. So I knew I was pregnant, but you knew, yeah, because your belly was on your knees. Well, yeah, after, you know, after the first one, you know, we had Asia. And I think I got pregnant like a month after we got married. So. And then I had, we had Asia, and then she was actually two. We planned for a second child. We were living in Houston, and, well, we had all the kids in Houston. But we planned for the second child, and uh, then. Um, I will say this. Upon return from her doctor's visit, or. OBGYN. I come home from work and she's sitting on the couch and she says, well, I have a question for you. I said, well, what's that? She said, how would you feel about twins? I said, what's there to feel? She said, well, what would you think if we were to have twins? I said, what am I to think? She says, well, good. Here's baby A and here's baby B. It's them the and she started showing me the sonograms. But that was, like I said, in my fifth month. But I, I knew I was getting a kick here, getting a kick there. You know, but like I said, we did plan for the second child. But we now find out that twins run in our yeah. every generation. My grandmother was a twin. Um, my mother. Just gradual. Just, uh, just from work and from just interacting with whatever the kids were into and 
you know, they were, they played soft, they played sports, softball, basketball, and we, you know, we coached them together as far as the basketball and, and uh, just in school, we were just right there with them, everything PTA and all that other stuff. And I think as I, as we got, I got older is when I started talking more and just speaking up for them. Then when they got into middle school, they weren't pro, they didn't have any problems or anything. It's just, um, they had kids that were bullying them, but that was like in high school. And then from that point, cause we were like, you know, we're here for you. Just let us know if there's any problems and we'll be up there, you know, for you. We're not, we're gonna back off from the PTAs and the, all this other stuff, you know? And uh, so that's what we did. And then if they had any issues or anything, then we were, they knew we were always right there behind them. You know, what was it? What was the total shame about that whole <clears throat> period of time? I had to tell the girls and Mike, be careful about whom you share your experiences with because those that are less fortunate will always assume that you think you're better than they are, that you're bragging, and all you're doing is sharing something that you thought was real nice with them and they say, oh, you think you all that. The next thing you have, unnecessary situations unfurling with you and you have to deal with it. We had a particular situation with our daughter, Kristen. Now, none of the girls ever had any issues in school. And my daughter, Asia, had unfortunately had a situation with one of the local girls that thought, oh, you think you're better than us. You live down on the bay. Because you that is the, the thought when you bed. live down here. Your parents got money and this and that. She keyed my car. And... Asian went on, graduated, went on to the University of Maryland. So the following year, same situation, this same young lady decides that she wants to pick on Kara. So Kara minded her own business, this and that. One particular day, she started on Kara and Krista was standing there. Kara well, took it. I mean, she wouldn't really say much it. back to her or whatever. Krista had, she's, she's the one, still waters run deep. She dropped a book, cold cocked a girl. So then they turned around and put her out of school for a three-day period. I get a phone call. Mike says, Dad, you wouldn't believe it. Krista got suspended today. I said, do what? Nah, Krista said, oh, yeah. I said, well, we scheduled a meeting up at the school, and <clears throat> the facilitator actually happened to be a friend. And he didn't recuse himself. He said, but what I will not do is say a whole lot. I'll listen. We go in. The administrator starts apologizing. And we asked, well, what was going on? He said, well, this is partially my fault. Your girls did everything we asked them to do. They reported the particular person. Each time the person was bullying them. And unfortunately, when the person approached me and asked, well, who was tattletaling and or reporting, I made the mistake of telling them your daughter. I said, oh, no, you didn't. I said, I'm going to tell you what. I said, not only are you going to reinstate Krista now, but here, you understand this. I said, when it came to this girl, Takaira, I told them, whip her ass. I didn't stutter. I said, I dealt with this coming from the same type of scenario because when you're a military family, you move, you move, you move. And when you're going to school with local kids that have never been anywhere, same scenario. Oh, you think you're better, you this, you're that. I dealt with that when I was a youngster. 
situation was though. I didn't mind taking my three days off because when it came down to it, if you're that ignorant that we can't discuss this and you think you have to get up in my face, then there's nothing between us but fear and atmosphere. And I ain't scared. So they would not expunge the three days off of her record, but they showed a one day partial incident. I mean, they changed the language on that. So all that being said, we had to instill in them the confidence and the sense of purpose. So you know when to speak and when not to speak and always be mindful of whom you're speaking to and what you're saying around. Because as they say, you never know who you're talking to. And I'm sure you two find that all the time. You say, oh, wow. And I'd never know that was such and such because we judge the book by its cover. You know, after all of these years, and I think we have lost a little bit, I won't say in civility, but, you know, sometimes we'll address each other and people look like, damn, did you just say that to her or did she say that to you? Oh, he'll come off gruff to me. And sometimes we'll say that we're that couple on In Living Color. At, and, and they're just uh, fussing and fussing and fussing and at the end of it, they go, but we love each other. And we still love each, each other. other. <laughs> we say you that know, they have time. the scene where he's on top of her getting ready to shank her with a fork or something and somebody walk in. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, we, and Kira sometimes will come home because she, you know, she's been gone, you know, she's in California. And she'll go, why do you all talk to each other like that? It's like, well, we we I actually we think to, that's why Kira We know how to talk to each got other. Her, she went into psychiatry and psychology. And I think a lot of it was due to the fact that, you know, it was the oh Well I'm saying specifically <laughs> marriage and family psychology. Yes, that that's that's it, really? yeah. I'm glad you said that because I don't even know what she's doing. I mean, you gone off into you're an engineer and you gone off into this stuff. She's know? trying to analyze us Everybody. and we told her a long time ago. Don't analyze don't, don't waste your time. Right. Because we have our own, you know, and, and like the girls will now say, I'm not trying to get in the middle of you and dad because we have our own communication. We have our own way of how we relate to each other. And sometimes it can be very rough, gruff, you know, as far as us conversation. There's no, you know, fighting or anything like that. But as far as the communication, it can get there. I, and, I think a lot of. But this- he hears my point or I hear his point. But mainly a lot of times he's he's opinion well you know you you know so much so sometimes me expressing that you know you you're going off and no we should do this and i'm like no i have an opinion Look, too and it should be you, this you'll way. edit this see she like her daddy her old man would fight a running chainsaw she the same way you know so <laughs> you led me to that uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's everything is is it's funny, like we laugh a lot. We go places and we might just be going to church and he'll just say something or we're go riding down the road. And you know, so it's, it's just, it's always different with him. And there's always different things that we do, you know, that, that keeps it interesting. Even when we go away on a vacation and stuff, like I said, we have many friends who go on vacations, they just sit there on the beach the whole time. No, we will go and explore. And that's what we both like doing and checking this out and finding that and all this other stuff. And so, we just enjoy being But we ain't stuff. backpacking in the Amazon. No. <laughs> you know? And our thing of camping is an RV. No, her thing of camping is an RV. I, I can handle the 35 tent. foot RV, okay? But um, no, we we just enjoy, like I said, being with each other and just spending time. And 
you know, and then, and actually now my daughter Tiara has taken his company. He's a welding contractor has taken his company to a another level. He said he was on cruise control and he wasn't trying to go there. Well, she's now taking it to uh, all these other places and stuff, offshore wind and everything else. So now I'm not a part of that. I, you know, I, I work part time, but then I would always go to the office. Well, she says she's fired me, and so therefore I don't go to the office anymore, which I never really had. But see, she was in constant violation of my dress code policy. And that's the other thing, you know, he come up with these things like, okay, so the dress code. Now I wore, I wear a uniform for United Airlines. The dress code for him was Wednesday was skirt day. Now, what is Wednesday? You're a working person. What's what's the acronym for Wednesday? Thank you. So, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so he always say to me, uh, and I wear pants with my uniform. It's always like, you're in violation of the dress code. You're supposed to wear a skirt. Oh, yeah, Wednesday. right. Okay. So things like that, it's like he comes out of his mouth with different things, and we're just constantly laughing and, you know, doing this and that. Or, but um, see, the other side of the coin. So you have to keep it fresh, you know. We truly grew up together. Yeah. Because I was, what, I turned... 18. I turned you, 18. You were a true tenderoni. I, we met 17 and then I turned... 18. No, no, honey buns. Oh, we made it, met at 18. At 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had just turned 18. And uh, so we actually grew up together just through different things but the, and seen the, a lot together. But the difference is I was raised in an open setting. My mentors were my brother's friends. So here it is, I'm 13, 14 years old dealing with Vietnam veterans. And that is what we're missing today is the mentoring to the men, to the young fellas. Because when I was a youngster, I had grown men. I'm talking about 23, 25, 27 years old. It took interest. Hey, little brother, let me show you. No, you're doing this wrong. This is what you need to be doing. Don't involve yourself in that. This is where it's going to take you. And they would give you good, viable examples. So what's happened now is, again, we started out talking about fatherless men and women raising these men. And this misconception of manhood being fathering as many children as you could, hitting and running and keep on going. And then you're mad when they levy whatever job that you might have, all of a sudden you got child support payment. You know, and it's crying shame when a man will not face his responsibility. And you can look at the child and say, mm, boy, you spit that one out. Oh man, I don't know what she's thinking about. That ain't mine. Yeah, right, okay. But the willingness to skirt responsibility is disheartening especially when you're talking you'll go buy a $150 pair of tennis shoes but you won't give this woman $35 to feed your offspring what's up with that mm -hmm. so you, you know it's just like this machoism on a job site I've had men come out there macho men and we'll be talking about cooking and recipes at lunchtime and I've heard men say you cook I cook better than my wife. I had to teach her how to cook. Man, that's woman's work. I said, no, dude, 
Dude, you never watched Raw High? But when I met him, he could do all those things. He could he could do laundry. I didn't need a woman. He could cook. Well, I did. I did. Well, I mean, but he mm. could do all those things. So that was a good thing. So that's when I say 50-50. Uh, yeah. I got her laundry and mine. See, that's 50-50. Yeah, that's what she's that. talking about. And as far as the children, too, it's a 50-50 deal. You know, we both had these children. Therefore, we're both going to raise these children. So if I say, like I used to do ceramics, just a girlfriend and I would do ceramics, and I'd go out an hour or two, and, you know, he'd allow me to go, um, or I was going, because it was a break away from the children. You know, so I had my hobbies, and... You know, it, well, we you, both, you have to have you individuality. Have to the children. And by the way, we were supposed to have seven children. He started off saying we were going to have seven. I, uh, hey, I didn't know she was serious about it. No, no, no. At, on the table of the fourth one, because I had the first, the twins, and then the tiara, 16 months after the twins, uh, we both decided. He, the doctor said, you have another girl. And he says, and he, he looked at me and I looked at him, and we were like, tie yeah. him up. We're done. And then he says, he said, we'll just get a dog. And then someone left a dog on our doorstep, and it was a little female little puppy. So he was just outnumbered, and that was the way it was. So that's why we grabbed our uh, foster son. Commitment. Commitment to family. And she's a very loyal person. Sometimes it gets misguided when we're dealing with the family, but that's who she is. And again, she's always been a good friend. And that's where it starts. And I understand some of her uh, her ideas are, are a little, but they're hers. I say a little, and it, it's hard to describe because she reinvents stuff every other day. And it's like, okay, well, that's what you want to do. So I've got no problems with what you want to do. But don't volunteer. Don't, don't volunteer. He does support me. what I want to do. And a lot of times I look through my rose-colored glasses because I want everybody to be happy. And we have families. Like when we say we're going to have family gathering or whatever, just his brothers and sisters and my brothers and sisters and just the, the, the family around, it's like about 30 of us. Just not inviting anybody else. So I'm always trying to, every holiday, trying to get everybody together. Whether it's my, at my brother's house or my house, it's just because family is important. And so if you don't have the family, you know, what are you going to have? You know, so we, I try always to put all the families together. And so the holidays and everything. So that's why he says he does support me, even though I say, uh. So wait, later, wait, wait later on down the road with you and Tommy, you know, and, and hopefully as time grows on, grows on, that you all will uh, have some offspring of your own. So I tell folks, you know, can you tell me, and I'll get back to what I was going to say, can you tell me who the great pharaohs were that built the pyramids? Yeah. He probably can. He's the history book. Yeah, but there are very few people that now can call. Now tell them why. Now, now, now you can stop them because you can stop thinking, okay? Because? Because, again, all of the monuments and testaments that you can make for yourselves as far as material things mean nothing. It's the family tree. And it's your offspring that carry you forward, not the material things. As so they say. Speaking of the, all of those. When you know, it, it, it's, it's great to say, you it? know, they named a library after so and so, but okay, and then what? But now, the family tree. We can go back, you know, a couple of centuries with our, our, our bloodline. 
So, you know, that in itself. But again, one of the reasons you got married was you enjoy each other's company. You want to find out about each other. You want to go, grow old together. But if, as my buddy used to tell his son-in-law now, he said, I'll give you $50,000 not to get married. And he says, well, why? He said, because I never heard you talk about wanting to have kids. Well, you know, he says, then what's the point of getting married? But so, you know, again, like I say, I, you know, hope as time grows on and goes on, I mean, when you all have your fifth anniversary and all of that, and, you know, you, uh, he's where he wants to be and you're where you want to be because as, as my girls say, we're starting to get older now we're ready. See, we were in our 20s when we were having our kids because we have eight grandchildren now. And people say, wow, you look a little too young to have it. No, 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 no. I mean, and you know, we. And it's great. <laughs>